Episode 10 of Birds of a Feather. We get into a lot of things this week, guys. We talk about this whole rest and the NBA going on. Load management? Load management resting. What the hell is that? I don't know, man. But listen up. We'll break it down to you and we'll discuss it. We talk about a bunch of different NBA topics. We talk about Steph Curry possibly not playing this season. What? Because of his broken hand? Huh? And is he really a Hall of Famer? Uh, Yes. Then we also talk about um, Steve Kerr. Uh, He talks about a few things on the podcast with Bill Simmons. We go into a lot of football topics. Lamar Jackson, this year's MVP? Maybe. Maybe. And then we end it all with the MLB World Series champs, the Washington Nationals. No Bryce Harper. (laughs) So you're going to want to be here to listen up, guys. Stay tuned for episode 10 of Birds of a Feather. This week's episode is sponsored by Turning Light Cleaning. Turning Light Cleaning is a uh, Airbnb cleaning company. So if you have an Airbnb and you're struggling and you're finding, trying to find cleaners, someone to clean your crib, go ahead and contact Brittany Turner, the lovely Brittany Turner over at Turning Light Cleaning, and she will definitely send one of her A1 expert, top-notch, Hall of Fame cleaners over to your crib to squeaky, 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 clean it all up. And if you mention Birds of a Feather, you Also may- sponsored by Heath Film and Photo. We're sponsored by Heath Film and Photo for all your photography and videography needs. Please go over and contact Heath Film and Photo. They are doing some amazing things. Follow them on Instagram at Heath Film and Photo on IG. And if you mention Birds of a Feather, let's get to episode 10. Let's do it. Welcome, 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 welcome back to Birds of a Feather episode 10. I'm with my boy, Zacchaeus. What's poppin'? What does it do? <laughs> it's your boy, man, Zach, here in the flesh, coming through your speakers. Yeah. Your speakers. We are back in full effect. Zach, how are you, my G? I'm good, man. I'm good. I've, I've been good. Had a good week. Um, Eagles won last week. Yes, Hopefully sir. we can continue this trend after the bye week after this the bye week. week, yes. Uh, bringing the Patriots in. But hey, man, I, I have no complaints. How about you, man? How was, how was that trip? Uh, my trip was good, man. My trip was good. I took a little business trip, got some things done, and now I'm back, and we're back. Birds of a Feather, episode, episode 10. 10. Ooh, in unison. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump right into it. Going into it, big story, big headlines. Everybody's mad at the quiet assassin. Listen. Kawhi. <laughs> For him taking off against the reigning MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo, on a national televised game. For quote unquote load management. WTF <laughs> is load management. Okay? This okay. This is getting ridiculous. I'm gonna get back on my soap opera my soapbox again, okay? <laughs> and tell you how I feel about this situation. As an NBA player, there's 82 games in a season. You are paid ridiculous amounts of money. Ridiculous contracts do the, does the NBA get? Uh-huh. Okay, you're played to pay to play 82 games, bro. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. Okay. I don't care if you're the sorriest person on the team or the best player on the team. They pay you for 82 games. Yeah. Okay. Therefore, you should make sure that you're available for 82 games. If 
you're injured or something like that, I understand that. Yeah, but yeah. to the fact that they're saving you so that you don't get injured in the future and say so you can have the long championship run, that is ridiculous. Name one great player before this whole load management, <laughs> before this whole thing came out. Name one great player that really set like that really did something like this. Okay. Kobe Bryant never done anything load management. He played injured. Michael Jordan never done anything load management. Even my boy, my favorite player of all time, Allen Iverson, played more injured than any other player in the history of the game. Listen, Paul Pierce was carried to the locker room and ran back out and won the basketball game. Okay, there is no. Did you hear the true, truth about that story though? <laughs> Did you hear where he said the truth about he that? He said he had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> he said, "Yo, I had to go to the bathroom so bad." <laughs> I love you, Paul Pierce. You the truth. That's why your name is true. But listen, at the end of the day, Kawhi, I love you, bro. I feel like I'm I'm an ambassador of the Kawhi Leonard name because nobody I was gonna say really you believes, love Kawhi. Nobody really believes in you. But listen, bro, like you have to play these games. Like if you're injured, then I understand that. But no, it's not okay. Well, we know that he's he can be injury prone, so yeah. let's hold him out. Bro, these televised games, like these yeah. people, bro. That that Bucks, that Bucks Clippers game last night, bro. Somebody probably saved up their money for a whole yeah. year to go to, to that watch one that game. basketball yeah, game. Yeah, true. Very That's true. probably the only basketball game they've ever been to, and they wanted to see Kawhi Leonard in, in his new team. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, what's the point of me watching? Okay, yeah, we got Lou Will. All right, let me pay. Let me pay devil's advocate for a moment here. Okay. Okay. So. Especially, okay, it, it goes on a lot in hip-hop when the older generation guys are, are so set in their ways. Their ways were popular back then. And the new generation guys are like, look, we're doing it our way. At one point, you did it your way. You know what I'm saying? True. And and people criticize y'all for doing it your way or how y'all handle it and stuff. Let us do it our way. You know what I mean? Our music may not be as lit as y'all's, but we out here getting it. Like y'all was out there making money. Yeah, just like y'all was. Same thing with basketball, okay? Like Michael Jordan, Kareem, Bird, Magic, all those guys back in the day, Bernard King, even the older, older guys, they did it their way. They were unbelievable. Now the new age is like, we're not on we're not we're not like y'all. You know what I mean? We do things our way. And part of our way is we relax and take days off and take nights off and blah 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 blah. But the consumer of the product, which is the fan, yes, right? Which gives you the ability to make the amount of money you right, make. Right, yeah, yeah. Which gives you the platform that you have. You have to be there for these fans. Yeah. At the end no, of the I day, agree. like I said, at the end of the day, there's no. I don't know how many people fits in that Buck Stadium, but I'm sure for a fact there was. No, they one, were in. They were in L.A. Okay, so but even but L.A. fans were pissed. That's bro. what I'm saying. I yeah. know for a fact there's at they least one. A bunch of them. There was at least one fan that was in there that saved up. A whole bunch of money and was like, listen, I'm going to this game because I know he's going to be there and I can't wait to see him. This dad went to the game. This dad, they interviewed this dad. He was going to go to the game with his two sons. One was older, a little bit 13, something like that. The other one, I think, was like 9 or 10, something like that. And the 13-year-old was like, I'm not going. He's like, I, I want to go to see Kawhi. Kawhi's not playing. He said, I'm not going. And the little son was like, oh, I'll, I'll go. Like, I really want to go to the game with my dad. No, the dad was kind of like, dang, like, I don't even blame him. Like, yeah. he came to see Kawhi, and Kawhi's not playing. He came to see Kawhi versus Giannis. Right. You know what I mean? It didn't happen. So I totally I understand where, where you're coming from. Here's my thing. What I don't understand is, okay, so now in the, nowadays, if you watch the NBA, and if you've been watching the NBA for a while, you see the defense nowadays is 
trash yeah. compared to what it used to be. Right. Like There's half no the teams play no defense. They don't. And especially superstar players, they play no defense because they want to give all their energy on the offensive end. And that's why you have these players like James Harden, these players like Russell West with these amazing players offensively because the defensive end, they're just they like – become liabilities. Yeah, they just – they go a little bit slower. So what I don't understand is why can't they suit up and take nights off? Like you can – like what, like what they do in preseason. Like you can suit up. You're on the active roster to play and then like – you don't play that much. You you jump in, you do your thing, you jump out. Why can't they do it like that? Still trash, but still it's not such a blatant, I'm taking a nap while y'all go play. You know what now, I'm saying? I, I, I'm going to be honest, and I partly blame this. I partly blame this on the media um, and just how much power that they have now. Because if you really think about it, right, if Kawhi came out and suited up, right, and we never said, nobody True. ever mentioned load management or anything like that. And then right before the end, they were like, oh, Kawhi sitting out, he's just not feeling too well. No, a lot of fans wouldn't have said anything. They probably would have been like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, he probably, some, probably got a bug going or something. Yeah, something yeah, yeah, going yeah. On. You know what I'm saying? Okay, it is what it is. Yeah. But when it comes out two days before the game, like, oh, Kawhi's not playing in two days, so whatever. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's yeah. when it, I think that's when it becomes an issue. And for as much power as the media has, like, Certain things, and and that's that's part that's partly why Kawhi was kind of shocked that it came out like that because it's like, guys, like the stuff that goes on at the end of the day, I'm a I'm a person. At the end of the day, I I need my health because I, I have a family. You know what I'm saying? I got stuff that I have to be accounted for. So it's like I understand it. You but got days? Why not use your days? Yeah, you got, you yeah. got personal like, days. Like I understand that. <laughs> I understand that 100. But I feel like it just should. It, it never should have came out in the beginning. Now people are getting jobs that specialize in. Load management for the NBA, like that's crazy, bro. But here, uh, see the the thing I'm pissed off about is the game he chooses to do it in. That's what I'm pissed yeah, off about. Yeah. I understand, like, it, okay, if you're playing, a, what's a trash team right now? Like, if you go, if you go to uh to um Orlando to play the Magic, right? And the only big player that guy's Aaron Gordon. Yeah, so. who's Aaron Gordon's really good, but he's I a mean, second tier star. Yeah, like come on now, yeah. you know, like the Magic ain't doing nothing. You know what I'm saying? So if you go, if you go to Orlando to play the Magic, um, and you want to take a night off, I'm not mad at you. Now, to your point, there's some fan in Orlando that really wanted to see Kawhi. You let them down. Come again next year, like so what? <laughs> but why would you pick the game? Jeez. The national televised game, right. so there's going to be more eyes watching that game around the world than at that stadium. More viewers. More viewers. Yeah. So the national televised game, why would you pick that game against the reigning MVP like Giannis Antetokounmpo? Why would you pick that game to take a night off? It's like I it low-key looks like you're scared or something. That, and, and, and that's what and I he knows. he knows he's going to have to beast on the, on the offensive end. And then guard, to go Giannis. guard Giannis. And I think – okay. Don't get me wrong, Kawhi Leonard is still hurt. Okay, understand that. Like his leg is still hurt. He played on one leg the last two games. The last two games of the finals last year, everybody saw that. He, I mean, he's hurt still. He's not. He had plenty of time to recover. He had time to recover, but he's. It's come out, and there's reports that are out that says, okay, like the NBA agreed, he is still hurt. That is one thing right. that that is one thing that's coming out. But now, don't get me wrong, they just got fined fifty thousand dollars for this situation. For this low management. At first, they weren't going to get fined, but after the NBA did some more investigation, they were like, okay, we're fining y'all 50000 But Which the, is nothing. Right, to that's bomber. true. But the NBA did say. He takes the lint out of his pocket and go, here's 50 racks. Yeah. But the NBA did say he is hurt, though. And my thing, and, and the, the point that I'm getting to with this is like, I think, like you said, I don't think it was a fear factor 
for him personally, I think the people that are managing that load management decision, those decisions were like, listen, if he plays this game, he's going to go crazy on offense and he's going to have to guard, he's going to have to guard Giannis on the other end. And yeah. if you want him for the longevity of the season, I don't think that it's, it's in his best interest to play this game. I think that's how the conversation went. But at the end of the day, I'm not in there. And at the end of the day, as a fan, bro, I wanted you to play yeah. Giannis last night. Because, and also to your point, like, Michael Jordan, if Michael Jordan is about to play Magic Johnson in a regular season game, you think he's going to take off? You think he's going to go, you know what, I think I'm going to sit this game out? Of course not. He would never. He'd make sure, he'd be gasped in a bus match. <laughs> like, it's going to be crazy <laughs> in this regular season game. You know what I'm saying? That's he would go crazy. off. Same thing with Kobe. Same thing with Bernard King. All them old guys. Shaq. They're not Shaq. They're not finna take no nights off AI. against the best player. So pretty much, Michael Jordan would take that personal. He'd be like, okay, y'all, he's your MVP? Watch me go get 40 on him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what he would do. That's true. That is true. So speaking of Michael Jordan, um, Zach, I was just listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. another Bill Simmons podcast. Um, Bill Simmons, if you ever want to come on our podcast, we'll have you. My, My boy! boy. <laughs> But uh, but no, he had um, it was some new basketball podcast he has, and he was talking to Kerr, Steve Kerr, about uh, he wrote a book back back in the day of I don't know how long ago, but he wrote a book back in the day called The Secret, and the book pretty much talks about the secret to the NBA and how you win a championship. And to make a long story short, the pretty much the secret is the team, team chemistry, like longevity of a basketball team, um, team chemistry on and off the court. That's what wins championships. So they talked about um, Steve Kerr and how, you know, Steve Kerr played for the Bulls with Michael Jordan, right. you know, with the three-peat. Even he was there when Michael Jordan retired and then came back. Um, and Steve Kerr played with Tim Duncan, two championships with Tim Duncan, Popovich, um, Mano, and all them. Um, then, obviously, he was a GM for that Phoenix team. To me, the second-best team that never won a chip with Steve Nash and Mari Stoudemire. So then, obviously, he's the coach of one of the greatest teams ever. So he also coached the greatest team, one of the greatest teams ever, in the Golden State, the modern-day Golden State Warriors. So um, he definitely wanted to have him sit down and talk to him about, you know, the difference between, um, you know, playing with Michael Jordan than playing with the greatest power forward ever, Tim Duncan, and then coaching one of the greatest teams ever, and then GMing one of the greatest teams that never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, he's like a basketball guru. That's man. what I'm saying. Like he did a lot. I never even thought about like everything he was a part of. Mm-hmm. So segueing to Michael Jordan, he was talking about Michael Jordan. Said, obviously, as you can see, and you would imagine, it's a huge difference playing with Tim Duncan and playing with Michael Jordan. And he's like, uh, he said, playing with Michael Jordan is more like you're playing for him. He's like, facts. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yo, he expected so much of you. And he said, but it made him the man he is, honestly. Because he talked about how um, when he first started playing with Michael Jordan, he was scared. Like, he was scared of Michael Jordan. I like, wonder if that's why he got slapped. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, he got slapped because he became a man. After playing with Michael Jordan so much, he was like, I'm backing down from no one. <laughs> Not even you, Mike, what's up? Smack. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So he talked about um, uh, how, you know, obviously um, that legend, probably the biggest shot Kerr ever hit, um, the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I think it was against uh, Indiana. I think it was against Indiana. And uh, Kerr said, 
when you come off that screen, you got that ball, and they about to double team you, I'll be open. Pass me the rock. I'm gonna hit it. So he hit it. And he hit that shot. Yeah. Crazy shot. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. And talking about, he also talked about um, the Golden State Warriors. Which this will segue into them. This as is well. perfect. <laughs> but we can talk about the Golden State Warriors. But he talks about the Golden State Warriors and how um, just that the crazy journey that they had. And he said his favorite uh, team was when they won their first championship. That was his favorite team. And then he said when Kevin Durant came to him, uh, he was like, "Yeah, it was great. Like the first year was great." He said midway through that second year, it was trash. <laughs> he was like, "You could you could feel the team like." He said you could feel the tension of the team like f- splitting apart. So he knew Kevin Durant wasn't going to stay. Like they already knew that they going knew was, go, they knew like halfway coming. through the second oh, yeah. year. So going into the third year, that's why Draymond Green blew up. You know that whole situation. Well, those happened. reports have been coming out for a while though. Yeah, those reports because like, midway he's already through, said he's leaving next. Like everybody in the organization knows yeah. he's leaving. Because midway through the second year, they were like, uh, I don't think so. And it's you know why though the main reason why is because Kevin Durant in his head, he just can't. He really thought like, and Kerr said this. He said Kevin Durant when he came to him, he was getting bashed. Obviously, just like LeBron James got bashed mm-hmm. when he went to Miami. But when LeBron James won, everyone kind of left him alone. Like, oh, okay, he won. They cool. So Kevin Durant thought that was gonna happen with him. He gonna go there. He gonna get bashed. We gonna win a chip, and everybody gonna think I'm the man. No, your name's so they not LeBron chip, James. Yeah, so did he win a chip? Everyone's like, you know what? Now we really hate you. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 no. So. So I'm, I'm going to chime in a little bit on that. So I, I definitely want to go back and listen to, listen to that um, to that interview. But when when you're talking about when we're talking about Michael Jordan, right? You're talking about Michael Jordan. For you to be that great, there is a level of there is a level of expectation like that you expect everyone that's playing around you to play at. Yeah. Or for an ultimate competitor as Michael Jordan is, it's going to eat at you crazy, right? So I think with that being said, I think it's kind of it's kind of playing the same way into into like we don't understand Kevin Durant 100%, mm. right? Back in the day, the media wasn't as prevalent as it is now. So of course, everything about Michael Jordan was kind of like an enigma. Enigma, You know what I'm saying? The only thing that came out was the stuff that he wanted to come out or the stuff that the organization wanted to come out. Exactly. Nowadays, the media dictates what comes out. You know what I'm saying? And they twist the words. They do all of that. And social media. And social media as well. Social Social media media as well, which he shot himself in the foot with that. But (laughs) what I'm saying is when when it comes to Kevin Durant and us understanding Kevin Durant and kind of what Steve Kerr was hitting on as well from from what you're telling me, I feel like... Kevin Durant knows that he's one one B. You know what I'm saying? Like he understands that, and I think he's chasing this. Like I have to be solidified not only with myself, but I these people. I I have to be accepted by these people. Now, even though I'm coming out saying like I don't care, da da da. I think he really does care. About oh that. yeah, he really cares. He really cares about that, and I think that it literally affects his decision, his free agency decisions now. Right. It, but my thing is, should we judge him for that though? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. should Kevin be judged because he's because in his mind he knows he's so great and he wants to accomplish so much to where he's like, okay, well, shit, I just won a championship with Golden State, so now y'all, I'm still not good enough, so now yeah. I need to go win with a sorry team, so yeah. y'all can finally respect me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I like I understand his mindset sometimes, even though I do want to fully understand Kevin Durant as well. But scratch all that, I'm on the bandwagon of the people calling him a punk for going to Golden State. I'm still I'm still on that. I'm like, yeah, you are. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, for real. Like if yeah, he, but he was young. He was young, bro. No, no, it's that's that's dumb. Like that, that's we could talk about this for a while. <laughs> we don't have to go down this path. But just briefly, like to me, that was the biggest punk move in modern sports. Like in all sports, any sport. <laughs> Seriously, that was like you, you, because they just came off a chip. Now, if what happened if they did? No, 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 no. It's not just because they just came off a chip. It's because they just beat y'all. Y'all was up three one. Three games to was it three games? Yeah, yeah, it was three, wasn't one. Sweep. Yeah, it was three games to one. Y'all was up right. Three games to one, and y'all lost to the team you went to. Like, come on, dog. Like. And who doesn't guard Steph Curry as soon as he steps over the half court line? Like that's dumb. Everybody yeah, knows that's what I'm saying. But like, anyway, like come on, like, <laughs> like I don't, to me that was the biggest punk move ever. And again, going back to MJ, <laughs> Michael Jordan lost to Larry Bird in the Eastern Conference Finals um, early on in his Bulls career, and uh, the game he dropped like fifty or sixty, fifty or sixty something like that, and they took an L. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then, um, do you think he would have went say, you know what? Them Celtics beat me. Bird is just too good. I want to join them. <laughs> no, but, I mean there's there's different levels. I mean there's different levels of, of of greatness though. When you're you're talking about Michael Jordan, you're talking about the greatest player to ever touch yeah. a basketball. Yeah. Okay. So when we're comparing minds, when we're comparing, okay, but even the other players back then, Clyde the Glide, Dominique Wilkins, Charles Barkley. All them guys, they wouldn't have did that. Yeah, that's true. You know, was, <laughs> none of them guys would have did that. But it was just a totally different NBA. Yeah. It was totally different. Now. When LeBron when LeBron joined Chris Bosh and, and Dwayne Wade, that was different. It to was, me, that was different. To you, it was different. But I mean, if no, you, it, it was different, if you though. really think about it, like those were three dominant all stars at that time. Yeah, but LeBron James, I mean, yeah, LeBron James didn't go to a team that won seventy two games the year before. He didn't go to a team that won a chip the year before. D Wade was struggling over there. He had won a chip with Shaq. What was that? 07? Yeah, it was something 07, like that. 06, one of those. Something like that. And then he had he hadn't won in a minute. And he was like, yo, like LeBron's my boy. Like, yo, let's team up to do this. And then Chris Boss was like, can I come too? And they're like, as long as you can take that third seat. And he was like, okay. And then they brought him, and then he came, boy. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is he just went to a team. First, he didn't go to a team that had just beat him in the Eastern Conference Finals the year before. That's A. Right. B, he went to a team that didn't even make the playoffs three years before that. He went to a sorry team yeah. that came together to be a great team. Kevin Durant didn't do that. Kevin Durant went to a team that just beat your team the year before, a team that just won 72 games, a team that just won a championship, yeah. and now you go join them. That's a punk move to me. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I but agree. you can still come on the show, KD. You want to come on the <laughs> My show? My boy! <laughs> but, but don't get me wrong, like, I, I support that. Like yeah. I, I do think that was a punk move, but as, I'm just trying to be in the player's mindset. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. Kevin Durant, hell of a player, man. If you got more stuff to prove, man, you better go out here and win this shit for Brooklyn, bro. Like, because this, I I, I will guarantee you this. If you go and you win this shit for Brooklyn, you will be respected in this league, bro. And I don't think anybody will say anything bad about it. They might discount your previous two final MVPs and and two final championships. But this one that that you'll earn with Kyrie, with the roster that y'all have, if you're able to make this happen, you will be respected. And you will be in a conversation of, okay, well, who is the best player in the world? You will be in that conversation. But obviously you're in that conversation now, but everybody still knows that LeBron is still the best player in the I world. I don't know, bro. I told you I don't know about that. I mean, KD. I, but you, He's hurt, but KD, come on. Okay, but yes, KD is an offensive assassin. He is. And he plays he plays defense because he's so long. Yes, bro. But at the end of the day, I'm when I when I talk Rebounds, about block shots. 
when I talk about basketball IQ, when I talk about seeing the floor, when I talk about making your teammates better, when I talk about the best basketball player in the world in those aspects, a, a full, complete package of basketball player, LeBron James is still that. And that's period. Right. To that's, me. That's an argument for to another me. time. You know? To me. But, but getting, getting back to Golden State, there's been reports... There's been reports um, that Steph Curry, with his broken hand, will not return for the whole entire remainder of the season. Where's that source from, man? Oh, my God. Let's, let's double check that, man. See, see, fans out there, if it's not on Bleacher Report or ESPN, <laughs> then Zach's not listening to it. FS1? No. Fox Sports? No. <laughs> Got to be on Bleacher Report or ESPN. <laughs> Oh gosh! It is. Uh, oh no! Sports Illustrated. <laughs> Sports Illustrated came out four hours ago and said the Warriors refute claim Stephen Curry unlikely to return this season. Refuted. Yeah. So basically, so came out no. and said that's not true. They're saying he's going to return. They they didn't guarantee it. They didn't guarantee it, but they refu- but they refuted it though. Basically saying that okay, that's not a hundred percent true. So. If he does sit out, Stephen Curry is the ultimate punk of all time. Yo, you're bugging. No. Bro, if he sits out the whole season for a broken hand. He broke his hand. You want to sit out because your team is not the same team that you thought it was going to be? You want to sit out because you're not leading your team and going to be able to lead them to the finals like you thought you were going to be able to do five years ago? The NBA has caught up with you, Stephen Curry. You you are still the best shooter that we've ever seen. That is 100% facts. I'm not discounting that. But guess what? The NBA has caught up to you. Period. So in order for you to be successful at that, you're going to have to find another way to take your game to the next level. Because now everybody knows all we need is a defensive guard that can that can stay and pester Steph Curry. Nobody all day can long, pester Steph Curry. Curry. You you have to double team him as soon as he steps over half court. That's the only way. As soon as he steps over half court, double team. I'm de- no, I'm serious. Yo, <laughs> that is if you crazy, seriously, though. if you watch, I respect that. If though. you remember, um, the the Raptors did a really good job. Um, what was it? Not games. They were uh, physical. They were physical with him. Though. No game five. What game was it? I forgot which game it was. It was one game where they was just double steaming step. They was making everybody else beat him. Like everybody else got to beat me. Like they just wouldn't let Steph get loose, <laughs> and he couldn't get. Loose. And I think it, wait, Steph is is being physical with him, bro. Like you have to, when he's running all around that court, bro. You have to bump him. You yeah. have to like touch him. You yeah. got to knock him down. Like. Yeah. You have to because you gotta do it very slick because you will get flavored yeah. too and thrown out of the game. Facts. <laughs> you definitely have to be very slick about it. But, but listen, I mean, if he if he so it's it's weird because if he sits out, do you still respect Steph Curry? If he sits out for a broken hand, do for the for the remainder of the season and seeing where they stand right now, do you still respect Steph Curry and think he's still oh one of the greatest basketball players ever? Oh, we gotta speak about Michael. Well, first he is. Too. First he is. That's is a. he okay? Well, the reason being is because he's the greatest shooter ever. Right. Okay. So if you're the greatest shooter ever you're in one of the basketball, basketball you're one of the greatest players. Okay. You know true. what I'm saying? So um, here's the thing. I have two ends of it. I'm a huge Steph Curry fan. I love Steph Curry. Because I know you do. I know. I love Steph Curry just because, listen, I'm a huge basketball fan. I tell people this all the time. People that hate him, I tell them this all the time. I look dead in their eyes and I say, look, I'm a huge basketball fan. You're a huge basketball fan. You've been watching basketball since you were a kid. I've been watching basketball since I was a kid. I watch Hardwood classes and old games. Do you do that? Yes, I do too. Okay. So let's talk about this. 
Is he not? Is he not one of the most amazing players you've ever seen play the game? Yes. I'm talking step. No other player, not even Allen Iverson, my favorite player. No right. other player have I watched with my jaw on the ground. Like, oh my god, this guy just pulled from half court like it's a layup and hit it three times in a row. Did he just drop fifty and three quarters and then sat the fourth laughing as his team was up by fifty? I'm like, yo, this dude is unreal. Like the things that he does. He's must-see TV, too. Facts. Like, he's must-see. It's like, yo, if Steph's on, I'm watching him. LeBron isn't like that. LeBron used to be like that. I'm saying LeBron, for me, is not must-see anymore. It's, it's not like, because oh, LeBron's on. I got to watch this. Because not. you're accustomed to greatness. That's why. Okay, that may be true. But but Tim Duncan wasn't must-see TV, in my opinion, either. Because he was Mr. Fundamental. He was so, born TV, actually. Yeah, but he won. And he dominated. But he dominated fundamentally Steph Curry dominates doing crazy stuff like it's yo I don't know man that's why I love him so much so on one end I'm like if I was Steph Curry I'd take a season off too like lit this team trash I'm definitely not going to the finals no more (laughs) let me go take this nap and collect this millions of dollars and relax with my wife while she cooks on the cooking network (laughs) but listen but okay and but then the is, other end of me is like, all right, yeah, like this is kind of OD. If you don't play now, it's like, all right, now you, you look like a punk. Like, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Like, you look like, it's like, come on, bro. Listen, <laughs> this year was for Steph Curry to remind everybody that, okay, guys, I'm that dude. I'm still Steph Curry. All right. Yeah. Because, and I'm not saying we forgot who Steph Curry were, was, but I'm saying he that. Had so many stars around him. It was so many stars around him that his impact has been depleted a little bit. Like, it's. When it when they were doing that stand before KD got there, bro, they took the NBA by storm. Yeah. GMs, head coaches, everybody was sitting there looking at with their heads throbbing. Yeah, they're like, "Yo, how can we? How can stop we stop this? them? How can we stop this?" And yeah. now what I'm saying is, the NBA has caught up. So now this this year was for him to solidify himself, which is why I kind of understand what Michael Jordan said. We'll get into that in a second, but oh yeah, his comments here. This year was for Steph Curry to let everyone know that I'm still Steph Curry and I'm a dominant player in this league, period, point blank. Okay. Now, going into a segue into Michael Jordan and what he said, Michael Jordan stated in an interview, he did not say Steph Curry is not a Hall of Famer. All right. I want to clear that up. He said Steph Curry is not a Hall of Famer yet. Right. And I support that. One, on one end, I understand where you're coming from, Brandon, where you're saying, boom, he's the greatest shooter ever. That makes him one of the greatest players ever. Boom, that should be first battle Hall of Fame in itself. I understand that. But on the other side, from what Michael Jordan is saying is like, and from what I think he's saying is, look, over time, you've been a great player in this league. And for three years, you had major success. And then you got Kevin Durant for three years, and your success kind of dwindled a little little bit you still you still with Steph Curry you still was putting up points but you weren't making that that big of an impact on your team like Kevin Mm. Durant was making so now I feel like what what Jordan was saying is basically like listen this is your time to really prove that you're a real first battle hall like this is your time to prove that you're a dominant force in this league and you can still win by yourself and I personally don't think he can do that listen I personally okay the NBA now is different but this is what I tell people all the time no player not even Michael Jordan in the history of the game, has ever won a championship alone. Like, no one has ever done it. Now, granted, other people's arguments is, you know, back then they didn't have the superstars on each team that they had now, which is true. But Michael Jordan had Scottie Pippen. 
Scottie Pippen was Kawhi before Kawhi. He was a defensive dominant, and he got you buckets. The year that Michael Jordan went out for retirement to go play baseball, Scottie Pippen averaged 30. Like, he was a savage. You know what I'm saying? Like, Scottie Pippen wasn't no rollover. Scottie Pippen wasn't no punk. You know what I'm saying? Magic didn't do it alone. Bird didn't do it alone. Um, um, Akeem Olajuwon definitely didn't do it alone. You know what I'm saying? The only player that almost did it alone was my boy, AI. He came close, but no cigar. But no one, no one did it alone. So yeah, Eric Snow. I think that <laughs> I think that's crazy. I think LeBron James comments is insane. Because Michael here's Jordan. the thing. I'm sorry, yeah, Michael Jordan, my bad. Here's the thing. Like I said, Steph Curry, if he, God forbid, if something happens to him, he can't play another game in the NBA. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer today. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And the reason why is because today he's the best shooter in the history of the game. If, it, if someone wants to argue that point with me, call me. You know what I'm saying? Come up on the show. We can argue that point. But he's the best player in the history of the game ever. I'm sorry, the best shooter. He's the best shooter in the history of the game. And therefore, since he's the best shooter in a game where you have to shoot, <laughs> he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Okay, okay. I'm going to combat that a little bit. So you're telling me, before you combat that, you're telling me if Steph Curry couldn't play another game, his hand is cut off, and he couldn't play another game for the rest of his life, you're telling me he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer today? Yes, he's a first ballot Hall of okay, Famer. Okay, so what are we talking about? But <laughs> what I'm saying is, if you're the best rebounder of all time, does that make you a first battle Hall of Famer? If you're the best free throw shooter of all time, does that make you a first battle Hall of Famer? If you're the best assist leader of all time, does that <laughs> yes. make you a first battle? Okay, assist yeah. leader. <laughs> if, if, if you're the best, if you're the best uh, foul foul avoider of all time, does that make you a first battle Hall of Famer? That is what I'm trying to get you to understand. Like, bro, just because one aspect of his game is the best ever, does that make him the full battle? Does that make him an ultimate legend? Yes. To be a shooter, first Hall of Famer. No, prove it to me, Steph Curry. Go out there and prove that you're still the same Steph Curry that I saw three years ago before Kevin Durant came. And then I will solidify that. And I will stand behind you and say, yes, you're a first ballot Hall of Famer right now. What did, Ke- what did Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson do this past playoffs when KD wasn't there? Sweep the Blazers. Yeah, because they're savages, Dame, bro. Dame forgot to Dame forgot to show up. No, and CJ right. and CJ McCollum was still trying to figure out who can he tweet next if they lose this series. Listen, I respect you, MJ. But listen, bro, you're just your level of like it's just you're like an alien. You're not from here. You're like you're from another planet. Oh, that's another thing, real quick. That Steve Kerr said. Steve Kerr talked about how you know um, they went back to they they went back to back to back. Michael Jordan did. Then unfortunately, his dad died. He decided to go play baseball for one year. Right, took a, took a year off. Um, the Bulls made it to the playoffs and lost. Scottie Pippen was leading them, balling out, and then they lost. MJ came back. Going back to back to back. No, no, no. MJ came back. The year he came back, he came back like midway through the season. He said, he just went to the Bulls and was like, you know what? I think I want to play basketball again. And they were like, <laughs> come, come, <laughs> come, come, come. <laughs> Wasn't ready at all. He was in baseball shape, which baseball shape, you're a little bit more stocky and stuff. He wasn't like. His conditioning wasn't there. But Steve Kerr said, Michael Jordan literally came back and just thought, I'm so great that I can win. Came back. They made it to the playoffs. No, they made it to the they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and played against the Orlando Magic and Shaquille O'Neal Orlando Magic with Penny Hardaway and the Moors, mm-hmm. which was like an amazing team. Think about if that. Shaq that never left if they and Penny together. never got hurt, that would have been Shaq and Kobe in the East, yeah, that which is crazy. But... 
They lost to them. And Michael Jordan was so upset. And Steve Kerr said he saw something in his eyes he's never seen any player before any player since. He said that summer that he lost, he shot Space Jam. And the infamous Space Jam directors built a basketball court on set so Michael Jordan could practice, work on his game in between him shooting the movie. And he said it was they shot it in L.A., obviously. So a bunch of players would come through and they would just run pickup games every day with Michael Jordan, a bunch of pickup games. He said he came back on 10. He was just like, yo, like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Like, let's get it. He came back in shape. He came back competitive, like super competitive. And he said that's when he talked about the the practices were so intense. Like, they were just crazy. Like, Michael Jordan was just on a mission. And then he came back, won that year, won the next year, then won again. And then said, all right, I'm done beating the league for three years in a row. I'm going to retire now. (laughs) I'm going to retire for real. For real, for real. He was a savage. All right, so so ending with the NBA – we're 10 games into the season, okay? Who you got? Well, obviously, I said Steph or Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors are going to make their Western Conference. Wrong! I don't think that's going to happen anymore. <laughs> but I stick to my guns when I say, um, yeah, boys, the Rockets, they don't look, okay, they don't look bad, but they definitely don't look really They're good. They're struggling on defense. They're struggling on defense. So, I don't know. Now is their time. I'll tell you this. Now is definitely their time. But I feel like what's going to happen to go what's going to happen to the Houston Rockets is what happened to that great Clippers team with DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin and Chris Paul you know, always and JJ Redick. Almost there. Almost there, but no cigar. And I think that's going to happen with your boys. So, I got in the West, the finals I got them Clipper boys, because you know who's about to come back. The second PG. two-way, best two-way player in the league right now, Paul George. My boy. Freaking Kawhi can take a game off now. Because now Paul George is like, don't worry, I'll drop 30. We I'm good. Or 40. And I lock everybody down defensively. I got you. <laughs> like, that's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy for them to have basically on, both bro. of the two 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 way players, yeah. best two way players. Number one and, and number two, two best two way players. Yeah, yeah, yeah right that, now. that is crazy. That is crazy. And then you got the best pick and bro. The Clippers have the best pick and roll situation I've ever seen in my life, bro. Montrez, mm, don't reach that far. Listen, Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams are killing this pick and roll, bro. Bro, like, yeah, no, they, yeah, they are. Man, I mean, bro, not come on, you got Montrez Harrell dropping twenty five off the bench. You got bro, Lou Will bro, dropping thirty off. What the did bench? I say about Montrez Harrell? He's gonna, he's gonna be. My um, most improved player this year. Montrezl is going to be my most improved player because I saw Gosh, the work bro. he put in over the summer. I literally saw him everywhere, bro. He was in Drew League. He was at the uh, the UCLA runs. I'm like, yo, what the? This guy just flies across the country playing pickup game. Then he was in Rucker Park Mall. And I'm like, Montrezl hell? Like, got a, like, a jet? Like, like what's going on? I, I don't know, bro, but it's like, okay, we can kill you. So it's like the Clippers are like this. We can kill you by just playing isolation ball and giving our and giving the ball to Paul George or Kawhi. Or Leonard. Kawhi. Or if y'all stop that, then I'll just kill you with the pick and roll. Yeah. And then and then Kawhi goes and sits down. He's like, whew. And then Lou Williams comes in. And drops 30, 40. <laughs> off the bench. Or 50. Like, like what? <laughs> and you're like, good Lord. Like, bro, why are you, you chasing around man? Lou now? <laughs> I, and, and that okay, and I'm gonna speak on this about Lou Will, bro. I just don't understand like how can he still be a six? Man? I think he's choosing because he's saying, bro, no. I don't just ask to be a six man, but bro, it's like no, he he he's uh, loves his role now, bro. 
I mean, I know he loves his role, but I'm saying he said out of his mouth that, yo, I'm not just asking because everybody's like, yo, you're like, you're the best six man. Like you're dominating. He's like, yo, I'm y'all think I'm just asking to be the six man. Like I'm not just asking to be a six man. Like the teams I go on are asking me to come off the bench. And I'm just like, what? But anyway, that's a story for a different day. I'm cool it with it, though. Per- it works perfectly for the Clippers right now, though. Every team that, that picks him up to do that, it works well for them. You know what I mean? Bro, he's he all he's like the beast. most underrated, like, I, I don't know. I don't like, think he's I'm underrated getting, anymore. I'm, I'm, not, getting, I'm not getting into that Lou Will situation, bro, because like I said, bro. Well, real quick, you know who taught him up, right? Who? You don't remember who his first team was? The Sixers. And you remember who was on the team? With AI. Him? AI taught him up. AI, I was like, this is what you got to do to be successful in this Actually, league. Actually, he was balling at South Gwinnett before he came. Okay. South Gwinnett High School. I don't know if you taught him Drafted how to be a pro. High school. Yeah. Okay, you're right. All right. Moving on to the NFL. Yes, sir. Oh, I know we're about to jump into the NFL. Lamar Jackson. <laughs> bro, bro. Yo. Listen. Lamar Jackson... Give me my props. Makes me shed a tear a little bit. No, bro, I wasn't denying you though. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't denying. But you're right. You you called it. You said, yo, this dude's attack. But I wasn't I wasn't arguing with that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Lamar Jackson, if, if people forget, uh Lamar Jackson, I think he was the last quarterback picked in the first round, right? Yes, he was. He was the last quarterback picked. He was the last pick of the first round, actually. Yeah, that's right. He was the last pick of the first round. Obviously the last quarterback picked. So he came up on the stage and, and he was happy to be there, but you could see in his eyes, he was like can't believe these boys underestimated me. So I forgot who interviewed. Who was it? Um, I forgot who. Deion Sanders? I forgot who interviewed him. Somebody interviewed him and was like, yo, man, how's it feel and stuff? He said, uh, it's cool. I'm happy to be here. The Ravens got themselves a stud in me. It's like, uh, I'm going to go get them a Super Bowl. Period. And everybody was like, he said, oh, oh yeah. He said, they get a the Super Bowl out of me. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> You're a rookie, son. Relax. <laughs> You're a rookie. Listen, man. Chill. Uh, but he is balling. He's balling. And this is my thing, right? So I'm talking to our boy, Jupe, all right, at work about it. Um, Actually, we were actually talking about it today because I told him we were coming to do the podcast. So I'm like, yo, like, what happened in that game? Because this is the first time, like, I think we really got together since the game happened. So we were actually able to chop it up. So I'm like, yo, what happened in the game? He's like, like bro, like, you know, Jupe making excuses. like, bro, just, just, don't, just, just don't let us see this in the playoffs. Just don't, <laughs> don't, don't let me see him in the playoffs. I'm like, all right, bro. But this is what I think that really happened in this game. Okay, Bill Belichick being the defensive guru that he is, I feel like he was, I'm not going to say, I try to refrain from saying the word scared, right? Because we're talking about Bill Belichick who has yeah. six who has six Super Bowl He's rings. Not I'm not going to say scared, but I'm going to say he was nervous about how to attack Lamar Jackson because of the fact that when was the last time he's seen a quarterback like that that's able to dictate a game the way Lamar Jackson is able to. Yeah. So I think with Bill Belichick, it was more like playing conservative and not wanting not wanting to just like oh let me let me see the blitz or oh let me sit back in coverage because it's like you got to kind of pick your poison with Lamar Jackson it's either like you're gonna let him sit back you're gonna you're gonna drop everybody back and let him scramble or you're gonna blitz him in hopes that he doesn't find a hole out and get but away but here's the thing Lamar Jackson is so special because he's smart he's very smart so if you watch you watch the game right yeah yeah I watched there was it. a few defenses where they sat back in coverage mm-hmm. you know what I mean and Lamar Jackson still picked them apart like he did, he showed all facets. Maybe not it's just in that game, but so far this season, he showed all facets of his game. He can read defenses very, very well. Yeah, right. Obviously, he can use his, his legs to get out of it. And he's not the most accurate passer ever, but he's smart, well, bro. He can get it there. He, he can, can get, get it, it there. there on the money. He has a yeah. cannon. He has a cannon on him. You know he what does. I mean? So, like, 
I don't know, bro. Like they look unstoppable right and, now. And and that's and that's what I was getting to. But just to finish it, like I was saying, I don't think that he was I don't think that he was scared. I think it was just nervous about I don't know what he can really do. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is my first time really seeing really him, seeing him yeah. on this level of him being a solidified star in this league. Yeah. I don't know exactly how to stop him. So let me see. Yeah. So let me see it. Okay, let me. Well, he saw. Him. He saw. So now, I mean, <laughs> now we we do know Bill Belichick. Like, it's going to be hard for him. I'm not going to say that they're not going to lose, but it's going to be hard for him to go in and lose again to Lamar Jackson in the playoffs because it's Bill Belichick. I haven't seen I haven't seen him lose really twice like that. To but I haven't seen a defense yet that I that I feel confident enough in that I can say you can stop Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That defense is supposed to be the best defense in the league, and he torched y'all. That's what I'm saying, So now bro. it's like, bro, okay, he has all this confidence now. He has all this shit behind him. Like, is he really going to be unstoppable now? Like, is he really going to be like, look, I'm about to expose y'all. Like, is he going to have this Deshaun Watson at Clemson kind of attitude? Bro. Like, is he like, listen, I don't care what the score looks like. I don't care what's going on. If I get the ball, it's over with. Bro. <sighs> And the way he runs too, like first he's od fast. That's what I'm saying. And it's he's physical. Yeah, he'll take a hit. That's what I'm saying. He's from Florida, bro. He's from the slums too. <laughs> he's od physical, and you know everybody's been having FS1, ESPN. Everybody's been having um, Michael Vick on their show talking about this kid. Mar- said, like, Michael Vick said he's better than him though. Yeah, Michael Vick said Michael Vick's like. And you can see how happy Michael Vick is. Michael Vick's like, yo, this dude's like me on steroids. Like, this dude is a savage. <laughs> he like, is, though. You know what I'm saying? And, and Michael Vick said, Michael Vick's like, yo, like, he's better than me. And he's better than me for multiple reasons. But one of the main reasons is he said he's smart and he he knows how to hold on to that rock. Because if you remember, Michael Vick would scramble. He used to fumble a lot. He used to run like this. Yeah, he used to fumble a lot. He used to get injury prone. He he. Michael Vick was so. I remember watching him play for us, and he wanted to pick up that extra two yards so much. Instead of like dipping out of bounds, he's like, oh, I can pick up an extra two, and then that's where he got hurt, or that's where he would fumble. You know what I mean? And Lamar, he's not like that. He's smart. He knows I don't need that extra two. You he's know what I'm take, saying? He's been he's been sliding and everything. He well, goes through all his reads. He goes through all his coverages. He goes through everything before he runs. He goes through it all unless well, he's feeling the pressure instantly. But once he breaks, though, and and, and, and that's another Ass. thing. It's like, bro, once he has as a defense, you have to be so disciplined because once he has that small space and he gets going, nobody in the NFL is catching him. Yeah, bro. Like he's fast. Yeah, like nobody's going to catch him. So it's like. It's hard to game plan against Lamar Jackson right now. I mean, it's like because you're going to have to pick, you your, pick poison. your poison. Yeah. You're going to have to pick your poison. Like, okay, I'll take away so he can't run. So now I got to hope that he don't shred me by passing this football. And I got to hope that his defense is not going to play good enough to keep them in his game. Because he doesn't have to go out and have a 300-yard game, three touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? He, that's, not a, that's not what he has to do in Baltimore. Yeah. All he has to do is don't turn the football over. Yeah. Basically, go to score score a little bit, but you don't have to go out and, and just air the ball out. Yeah. We have a fantastic defense. Yeah. And you have a solid running game. So I, if I was playing against Lamar Jackson, I would have to take away his legs. I would have to take away him running. Because, well, you know, like, when a quarterback runs on you, that is the most depleting thing. Like, okay, like, when a quarterback's torching you for uh, um, a, a bunch of crazy passes and stuff, like, that's depleting. But it's nothing like... A quarterback running all over you. It's just like it's like it's like a soul like snatcher. taking off on fourth and eight. And yeah, the first that's like, a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a soul snatcher, bro. Right. Or you got these guys in a third and long, a third and fifteen, and he picks up twenty yards on his leg. Just like <laughs> it's like ah, oh, it kills you. 
So I would just have I would have to get torched by him through the air. I would have to. Lamar Jackson, my boy. You can definitely come on the podcast. Yes. Keep balling out, bro. Keep defying the odds, bro. Keep carving out a new niche for these young people coming up behind you, man. Keep doing it. And I'ma say, I'ma say he's a black quarterback out here. You know what I'm saying? Everybody always talking, oh, we're looking for the Tom Brady's and the Drew Breeses of the world. What about the Lamar Jackson? Get you a Lamar Jackson. <laughs> You're not gonna find them by Drew Brees, Tom Brees, those are once in a lifetime, once in a generation players. You know what yeah, I mean? They're not gonna sure. come along all the time. Yeah. So why not get you a Lamar Jackson? Get you a Lamar Jackson, switch up your whole offense. And, and shout out to John Harbaugh for that too, because yeah. for him to not be committed to an offense and yeah. like, look, whatever players I get in here, I'm gonna do it to Taylor and to him. Yeah. The shout, Eagles did that. The Eagles him. did that with Nick Foles. Yeah, shout you know out, shout out to him. Oh, speaking of the Eagles. Congratulations to my Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. Um, the past two weeks, we have been 2-0, and I appreciate that. Uh, we played two solid defenses, the Buffalo Bills and the Chicago Bears. Now, I'm not a true believer in the Buffalo Bills yet, and obviously the Chicago Bears, we all know they have a great defense, but Mitchell Trubisky, that's a, that's a story for a later date. Um, in a little bit, we'll get to that. But shout out to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I will say this. This podcast is called Birds of a Feather because we are two diehard Philadelphia Eagles fans. Facts. But Brandon didn't watch the Buffalo Bills game because he was heartbroken. So I, I felt like I had to share that on the air so everybody can understand how much of a punk you are for missing the game last week. Okay? Listen, if y'all remember our last episode, Zach wanted me to talk about the Eagles. I didn't want to talk about the Eagles because I was – listen, I was so upset. Like, I was watching the game with my boy Zach over his crib, you know what I'm saying, and I had to leave. When did I leave? Halftime? Yeah, probably around halftime. A little, a little bit before halftime. Yeah. I had to leave because I, I go, bro. I gotta go. I can't, yo. I can't. I just can't. Like it's it's already tough for me to watch us lose against anybody, right? right. Already tough. But when it's against the Cowboys, it's different. It's just oh, it like that hurt my soul, messed up my week. Didn't want to talk about the Eagles, and then I said, you know what? I can't even watch the next week. They, that's what the Cowboys did to me, bro. But I did watch that Bears game. Facts. And it was it was a good game, and I, and I feel like that Doug is realizing run the football. Yeah. Run the football, run the football, run the football. Let Carson Wentz sit back there and manage the game. And and another thing, okay, for everybody, for every Eagle fan that I mean, for every non-Eagle fan that listens to my pod, to our podcast, okay, I'm going to state this: Carson Wentz is not the problem for the Eagles this year. Oh yeah, please, please understand that. I'm tired of all these people like, oh y'all should. I have been seeing reports. Yeah, yeah, y'all should have kept Nick Foles. Nah. Listen. Carson Wentz. They're not is, watching. They're not watching. The they're game. not watching. They're not watching. And you're definitely not looking at the stats. Carson Wentz is having a fantastic year. Yeah. Carson Wentz has 15 touchdowns and four interceptions through eight games. Okay, two games. Two of the games that we lost, he went out and won us those games. But our players can't catch the ball. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I'm tired of that. Listen, Carson Wentz is playing lights out this year. He's going to continue to play lights out, and he's going to continue to get better. Our weapons that we have around him are going to continue to develop and understand that, listen, we have to start making plays for our quarterback, okay? Yes, he is our $100 million man, and yes, I feel like he deserves every single dime that he got because he's balling out, guys, and, yeah. I'm, and I don't, I, I'm tired of hearing this, so I wanted to come on air and clear it up. Carson Wentz is balling out this year. Please understand that, and if you don't know football or really watch football, then obviously I, I'm tired of having these conversations with you. Like, <laughs> I only want to talk to people that really watch football and that really know the game because, listen, the man is balling out, bro. He's balling out. He's not the issue at all. He, he's, lost his, he's lost his deep threat. All he, he's trying to figure out, okay, who can I get the ball to that's going to catch the football? Yeah. And at the end of the day, he's delivering the ball and the money, bro. He's doing the things that he needs to do. He's extending plays. He's doing everything that he was doing in that MVP season. 
The only thing is he doesn't have the exact numbers as far as touchdowns and stuff like that and yards and, and the record to show yeah, for it. Yeah. But he's balling out. So please stop talking about my quarterback. Go talk about your own damn quarterback. How about that? So um, a lot of reports are saying that the Eagles should sign Antonio Brown. Zach, what are your thoughts on that? Gosh. As an Eagle fan and a football fan, I would love to see Antonio Brown fill up Eagles uniform and expect for him to go out and ball out. Now, on the other side of that, thinking about locker room, thinking about all those kind of aspects that goes into that product that you see on the field every Sunday, Monday, and Thursday. It's tough, bro, because it's tough. It's like I know our I know our locker room is solid. Solid. Okay. Yeah. I know the leaders that we have in the locker room are solid. And I think that if he was to come in, he would respect the certain leaders that are in place there. All right. But on the other side of that, I think that with the with the attention that he brings, with the antics that he's brung in the past, we're not an organization that deals with that kind of stuff. Like we're we're an organization where we don't have those issues. I mean, we had them in the past. Yeah, I mean, we we, we, we had them, but we always like nip it That's in the saying. butt. Yeah, it's always nipped in it. the butt. Yeah. You know, it never's dragged out. Like oh, yeah. you see it on the field. Like it's never none of that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm like, I would love to see Antonio Brown and take the top off of defense and just us just dominate. Because if we had Antonio Brown, bro, I'm gonna be real. I feel like we will go on a tear because he will take the top off and Alshon Jeffrey, Dallas Goddard, and Zach Ertz will destroy everything underneath. Yes. Period. You know what I'm saying? And we would run the football. I, I think it would be perfect. But at the end of the day, it's tough because on the other side of that, if we bring him in, are we? What's the odds of us resigning him again next year? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and if we do resign him, then how much of a hold does that put Howie in? And then how does Howie get in this? Because we are the oldest team in the NFL, well, the second oldest team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So how does Howie be able to get in these get in these young players that can build for the future? So it's tough. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, like. AB, Antonio Brown, booming. Yeah, my boy. You want to come on a podcast? <laughs> well, how about you? Uh, also, I wanted to jump into, I don't know uh, if people seen uh, the Browns. Oh, that fiasco. The Browns. By the way, they're playing like ass, by the way. Baker Mayfield is chopping his mustache in three different times during the game. I'm like, what? Wait, what? Yeah, what? <laughs> The man came in with one style mustache, came out of a tunnel with another style mustache, went into halftime, came out again with a different mustache, and then after the game had a whole different mustache. He was shaving in between, like, <laughs> before the game he shaved. At halftime he shaved. <laughs> after the game he shaved. I didn't hear that. And his thing was, well, why did you, why after the game, why did you finally clear your face off? Like, he said, well, because I didn't think I deserve it. Deserve what? Deserve to wear his little thing that he had that made him look cool because he only won football games when he wore that. So he felt like he needed to cut it off. Okay. (laughs) Wow, that was a very interesting story. I was going to talk about the biggest story in the NFL right now. Everyone's talking about Jermaine Whitehead, but that story's pretty interesting. He's an idiot. Jermaine Whitehead, if you haven't heard, Jermaine Whitehead had a horrible game against... The Denver Broncos. Um, a lot of missed tackles. Just played like trash. So a lot of civilians, a lot of um, you know, media personalities came after him on Twitter. And they were like, yo, you play like trash. Yo, you're a bum. Jermaine Whitehead was not feeling it at all. 
he exploded. Now, not only did he explode, but he exploded directly after the game. Like, this happened right after the game. Where are you really supposed to degress after the game? He went straight to his phone, (laughs) and he was ready. He knew, oh, I played trash. They about to come after me. But he played with a broken hand. He was still out there with a broken hand. Mm -hmm. So he knew he played like trash, and he went straight to his phone like, who want to say something? My hand's broke. And a bunch of people said something, and he went off. He went off. Hold on. So I don't curse, so I'm not going to say everything he said, but I'll try to do my best. He said to one uh, Fox reporter, he said, and I quote, one of the first tweets, this is right after the game now. He says, come get it, blood. B-I-T-C-H made A-S-S, little boy. (laughs) I'm out there playing with a broke hand. Don't get smoked. Now, for you that are not in the African-American community (laughs) and don't know... What the term smoked means, it's not a good one. Break it down for me. <laughs> smoked is actually an older African-American reference, meaning don't get shot. Don't die out here in these streets. Basically, that's what that means. Don't get caught slipping. So he threatened a Fox reporter. Then a bunch of civilians was coming out. Because here's the thing, man. You can't tweet stuff like that. Because you got those people that's like... Oh, I'm finna go crazy and say some crazy Can't stuff. Can't wait to, him. to get under your skin. And he responded to everybody that said something. <laughs> he responded to everybody. He said to another person, some random person now, I'ma kill you, B I T C H. That's on blood. Now, again, for those of you what? who don't understand, <laughs> who don't understand what that's on blood means, as you should already know. The Bloods is a huge gang all over the, the country. <laughs> the country. A huge gang all over the country. The Bloods. So now we know he's affiliated with the, <laughs> with the gang. <laughs> and he pretty much told him, hey, like, what's up? So obviously the Twitter user, you know, what Instagram and what Twitter and what all these social media outlets does, they came back and said, oh, well, what's up then? What's up? So he came back and said, yo, you can pull up if you want and we can do this. <laughs> Obviously, the user said, well, send me the info. Like, what's up? So he proceeded to send his address. Now, I don't know if this was his real address because I ain't, I, don't, I ain't there. I don't live in Cleveland. I don't live in Ohio. So I'm not sure if this is his real address. Right. But he sent an actual Ohio address to this man on Twitter. And proceeded to send it to other people that said that. Oh, you can get it. Here's my address. You can get it. Here's my address. You can get it. Here's my address. Gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, he's So he was not happy. And in the event, what was the final fallout of that? So, so Twitter eventually said, okay, uh, you can't call out gang affiliations and threaten people on our site. So we're going to take you down. But before Twitter did that, the Browns came to him and said, look, man. Relax. Relax. Can you please take those tweets down? And he said, no. Now, Jermaine Whitehead is not no all-star player. He's not no superstar, must-have talent. Right. You know what I mean? So they're not going to baby you like they did with so many other players. Uh, So they said, oh, you're not going to take it down? (laughs) Well, you're fired. Then he proceeded to go on Instagram. (laughs) Because Twitter took his stuff down and got rid of his account. The Browns fired him, so he goes on Instagram and starts firing off on people. Right. But he stopped that quickly and released a statement, was it yesterday or the day before, and apologized for his rant. But he pretty much was saying, 
It's just, it's not fair, which I agree with him. It's not fair that people can say whatever they want. People do whatever they want. The moment I start doing some stuff, it's people nasty. say crazy stuff to me. But once I start doing some crazy stuff, now y'all want, well, y'all, now y'all want to silence me? Now y'all want me to take my stuff down? So I agree with what he's saying, but you can't threaten people, buddy. You just can't do that. But guess what? Tremaine Whitehead, my boy! You can definitely come on a podcast. You ain't got nothing to do now. <laughs> we can definitely sit here and talk about this, bro. And nobody's going to pick you up. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> All right, so speaking of getting under your skin, Mitchell Trubisky came out this week and said he's trying to get all of the TVs in Hallis Hall which, if you don't know, Hallis Hall is a practice facility for the Chicago Bears. He said he's trying to get all the TVs in Hallis Hall turned off because the media, all they do is talk about Chicago Bears and how sorry Mitchell Trubisky is. Okay. Mitchell Trubisky. He, when, he said, no, wait, I'm about, when he says turn off, like, off he wants the TV gone? TV or black. No TV could go. No black. <laughs> TV black. Black. And nobody TV, can watch TV. TV black. Power button off. Black TV, black TV. Even if he's not there. TV, black. No TV. No TV. <laughs> black. Black, black, black. Listen, Mitchell Trubisky, dude, why would you come out and say that when you're playing the way that you're playing? That gives everybody kind of what you were just saying, Brandon. That gives everybody, they're going to laugh and say, oh, I'm going to go come at him right now. Including like, Zach. Because Zach has been criticizing you the whole season since... <laughs> <laughs> since since pre since preseason you've been criticizing. Listen, this you are I don't know what's going on with you, but you need to definitely take a take a step back and go back to the drawing board. Look yourself in the mirror and figure out do you want to be a franchise quarterback in this league? Because for one, if you want to be a franchise quarterback in this league, do you have to take it on the chin? All right. Yeah. Win or lose, it's gonna be on you. Period. Point you're the blank. QB. You're the QB. Win or lose, it's gonna be on you. So you need to make sure that you're showing yourself as a true leader and under and accepting the criticism. Once you start accepting that criticism from the media, like, yeah, I'm playing like shit, but I'm working to get better. They're yeah. gonna shut up. Yeah. All right. They're gonna shut up. But you saying, Well, I need the TVs turned off because this is unfair. Bro, you sound like a little kid, bro. You yeah. sound like you need to go back to University of North Carolina, take a three more years of school. <laughs> And, and mature because you being a quarterback in this league, bro, you have to understand this is what a quarterback in this league represents. Period. Point blank. Yeah. So, dude, why would you That's put yourself funny. in that hole? You are like, I don't know, but I hope Khalil Mack like finds you in the locker room, like slaps you or like yokes you up by your neck, like yo, you need to man up. <laughs> so, uh, the Breakfast Club does donkeys of the day, and everyone had Jermaine Whitehead as a donkey of the day, but we're not going to have them as our donkey of the day. Ours is. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky, you're the donkey today, but guess what, Mitchell Trubisky, my boy, you could definitely come on a podcast. We can see here, we can dissect your stats and is talk that, about where you're going wrong at. Is Zach? The question is, is Zach gonna still talk his smack if he was actually here in the hmm. flesh? Hmm. Hmm. Come at me, hmm. bro. <laughs> come at me. Come at me. But to to more serious things, ending with the NFL. Um, I just want to say uh, my heart goes out to Trent Williams, the uh, left tackle for the Washington Redskins. Um, he held out earlier this year. As a matter of fact, he's one of the premier left tackles in the NFL. Um, uh-huh. He held out earlier this year um, coming back, obviously, for a new contract situation or from what everybody thought. Um, Trent Williams finally reported back to camp last week to come back to the team, and the team placed him on the non-football injury list because – it has been revealed that he has cancer. 
Mm-hmm. With that being said, they pulled his remaining $5.1 million guaranteed for the season away from him, and he's not able to get paid. Now, for you guys that don't understand that, most players, especially with situations like that, the organizations, if you're playing for a good organization, they can still pay you 35 to 40% of your salary for that year. But unfortunately, the Washington Redskins chose not to pay him any money and put him on the non-football injury list. And also, his career might be over because they damp- they've dampened his name. His whole thing is he didn't trust the Washington staff, which is what he feels like. That's why he's in the position that he's in now. But mm-hmm. um, like I said, my heart goes out to him, man. Um, get better, man. Heal up. Um, I hope you're able to come back and, and still produce at the same level that you were producing at before. The maybe finals. So maybe when he was holding out, it wasn't because... The contract. Yeah, maybe it was It was because really- of the contract, is what I'm saying. No, it was because of the contract. And then he came back and said, mm, I have cancer. And they were like, well, you held out on us, so we're holding out on you. Yeah, that's Maybe kinda, that's the case. That's kind of Because why would, it's still terrible, but why would you like, oh, if he was holding out because he was going through his, you know, dealing with cancer, why would you turn around and not give him no money? Yeah. Like, that's kind of jacked out. That's wow. even more jacked out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's tough. It's tough. It is tough. Um, college football. So, big game this weekend. Yes, sir. I'm LSU, not a big college football fan. LSU, Alabama is a huge game this weekend, but I definitely want to start with college football. On Tuesday, um, the first college football ranking, college football playoff rankings came out. Hmm, who um, made it? Let's see. Any new teams this year? <laughs> Talk to us, eh? So the four teams that are in, you have Ohio State. You have LSU, Ohio State. Ohio wow. State. As a matter of fact, they have them ranked one. Wow. Out of the Big Ten Conference, which is which is wild. But nobody saw that coming. You have Ohio State at one, you have LSU at two, you wow. have Alabama at three. Oh, really? And you have a Penn State team, another Big Ten team at four. Okay. At at your first two out, you have Clemson, who's undefeated, and then you have a seven and one University of Georgia team. So obviously. Penn State and Ohio State still have to play each other, so they're going to cancel each other out. Also in the Big Ten, you have Minnesota, who's undefeated, who's actually playing Penn State this weekend. So that'll be a big game tomorrow as well. So it's a lot of big games. You got LSU, Alabama playing in. But I will say this. A a one-loss SEC team is 90%, has like a 90% chance to still make the playoffs. A one-loss LSU or Alabama team has like a probably almost 98% chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. Now, if we go to Alabama, I'm speak, I say we because I'm a diehard LSU fan, just like I'm an Eagles fan. But if we go to Alabama and beat Alabama at Alabama and, and Alabama takes this loss, I'm personally guaranteeing right now on this day that they won't make the playoffs. They will not. But we'll see. I bet you they will, even if they lose. So if you had to pick, who's your final four right now? Temple. Penn State, Auburn, UCLA. No comment. <laughs> I'm not even going to comment on that. I'm not even going to comment on that. Okay, guys. Moving on to the World Series. Moving on to baseball. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations to the Washington Nationals for winning their uh, for winning the, the World Series. Um, they definitely beat the Astros four games to three. Uh, the Astros were projected to win. They were projected to be the best team in baseball this year. But the Washington Nationals, the no-name Washington Nationals, well, they did have Matt Swerzer, um, they did have Steven Strasburg, and they did have Juan Soto. But at the end of the day, they won. Congratulations to them. Guess what? They won without who? 
your boy. Yes, he's on my team. But it's all good, though. The Philadelphia Phillies will be back next year to win just like we did in 09. <laughs> Bryce Harper, my boy. <laughs> but you blew it. You blew it. You know he's sick. I'm telling you, I know he's sick, man. Who's sicker, him or DeMar DeRozan? Oof. DeMar DeRozan's definitely sicker. DeMar DeRozan would have never got them there. And would have never been able to do it and take take the lead like that. Don't say that about DeMar DeRozan, bro. He's dealing with depression. Don't say that about him. He wouldn't be able to. I would, okay. Okay. Let me not. I'm just joking, bro. Come on. <laughs> look, look. But I, I had to think about that. Well, okay. Whoa, let me not yeah, be the, the person that, that drives him down. But I will say this, though. Like, there's no way DeMar DeRozan could have did what Kawhi Leonard did for that team. Kawhi Leonard is just different. Kawhi Leonard is a different talent. Okay? Kawhi Leonard is on a level of Kevin Durant and LeBron James. There's only... Uh, three players. There's yeah. There's three players on that level. Four, four players on that level. Because when we talk about Giannis, by the way, Giannis hit four jump shots against <laughs> against the Clippers, bro. Four threes. Bro, if, if he if, if he, he gets that shot, it's over. He's the best player in the world. Yeah, it's over. If he gets that shot, he's because you can't stop him driving to the hole. Oh, even if you double team him. He's too long. He, he hasn't dunk. had a shot. He might He's still dunk over both you. of y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like he might reach so crazy just dunk For over real. both of y'all. For real. But um so yeah, man, but sheesh. I, I think that's pretty much it, man. I think uh I think we covered a lot today. Um, yes, you know, I, I will say this. Uh next week, um, Brandon and I will be doing we, we want to be a little more consistent uh with what we have going on. Um, obviously, we, we both have our day jobs and everything like that. So we're, we're trying to construct the plan, guys, to continue to, to put this information out there for you guys. So just continue to stick with us, man. Continue listening. Continue sharing. Um, continue just, you know, commenting and, and, and giving us ideas and stuff that you guys want to hear from us. But like I said, we are working on being a little more consistent and we will be there. But you guys are just going to have to work with us a little bit until we can get everything in order. Yes. Um, still got visuals coming your way. Um, still trying to, you know, get our Instagram and our Twitter and everything like that going. So just keep on the lookout, man. We're building everybody that's been sticking with us since day one. Yep. Uh, we definitely appreciate you for sure. Yeah, we will be, like he said, we, we haven't gotten the visuals out there yet. Um, cause we're growing, we gotta deal with stuff. My boy Zach got a whole family out here. So we, that's, that's what it is. But, uh, we will be getting it out there. You can follow us at B-O-A-F podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, and we'll have some stuff out there for you guys. But we thank you, we thank you, we thank you for sticking with us in this episode 10 of Birds of a Feather. Season 1 of Birds of a Feather is almost over, guys. We're coming to a conclusion soon of season 1. But season 2 will be here soon when you know it. And it's going to be even litter than this season. Lit! Episode 10, Birds of a Feather. Peace. Peace.